This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, I'm Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. Yeah. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. I forgot where I was for a second. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 16th, episode 2710, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy Amen. the show. Well, we're back together again for the first time in a week, I think. Since I was on Friday. Oh, were you? Dong. Yeah, yes. it seems like a week. It seems like a week you ago. You missed me so much. It seems like a month. <laughs> so I had a chance. Uh, we stopped over the weekend at the new hotel at the World Equestrian Center. Yeah. And the rooms are now open. So the whole hotel's open now. And let me tell you what. That's the only five-star hotel at a horse venue in this country. It is fancy. It is a very fancy hotel. And it's kind of weird because you're going to this very fancy, you know, they open the doors for you. And, you know, it's just very fancy. And there's pictures of dogs everywhere. Remember I said the restaurant had dogs? Well, the lobby has dogs and occasional pictures of horses. Which is like particular kinds of dogs or just all dogs? All dogs, any kind of dog, which is just odd for, you know, a horse place. But anyway, um, so they have a couple of restaurants. We talked about the fancy one. They also have a bar and grill, which is supposed to be very good. But it was weird seeing people dressed up very fancy. It was Sunday. So there were a lot of people dressed up very fancy. And then you got the riders coming through in their grubby, you know, riding clothes, all dirty. It just was a weird juxtaposition of seeing these two groups together in a lobby of a very fancy hotel. Uh, but it's supposed to be nice. The rooms are supposed to be really nice. I think they're gone for like three to 400 a night. So probably won't be putting you up there when you come to visit. Come on. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, and there were shows going on. It was a lot of people around. It was, a, there was a lot going on over there, but it was, it was nice. They had a, pastry shop in there that think of a french pastry shop with all the very fancy pastries and uh they have one of those in there and they also have it's kind of bizarre right in the hotel they have a very fancy toy store toy store it's just not what you expect <laughs> it's just it's a very fancy toy store with and they have about a 25 foot giraffe a stuffed giraffe in the toy store that you can buy you're, what you're describing to me sounds like vegas it was it was it's it's classily done. I, the dog pictures, everybody keeps asking why there's a bunch of dog pictures and not horse pictures, which, which I kind of want to know that too. Uh, but it was neat. I mean, it was definitely something to see and makes it stand out a little from all the other horse parks we have in this country. Uh, it's, yeah, I'll be excited for someday when you come in to for a show or something to, to uh, take you around the horse park. Cool. But today, a little later, right after Daily Winnie's, you're going to tell us about your time at the movement last weekend, working with Monty and the Ponies. And mm -hmm. the Equiderma guest of the week is young Alyssa, who adopted a horse from a rescue and has been by its side through many, many health issues. Plus, we have an Olympic update and some really weird news. So we have a lot going on on today's show. Let's get to it.
We have some auditors with birthdays today. We have Cassidy Mayer, Linda Carpenter, Karina Marote, Marissa Kreidler, and a big congratulations to April Hardiman of the Rain in Your Herd podcast on her new baby boy, Warwick. Warwick, sorry. Uh, so that she just had her baby boy last week. Uh, plus her husband, pa- uh, what do they call it? Passed out or uh, graduated out of the training for the horse cavalry detachment. So he's now a cavalry guy. In the I mean, army. you said he's had a baby and then he passed out. Oh, <laughs> sounds like a day in the ER. He tested really. out. That's what the word is. He tested out. Graduated. He graduated. Yeah. So he's now a cavalry guy. So that's oh. kind of cool that we still have one of those. I think there's one in the country. Um, but yeah. So, and he was not a rider. So apparently. They teach you, and they prefer, I guess, that people not be riders when they come in, so they can train you the, the cavalry way. Uh, I just picture when they when they do one of those bombs over the country that wipes out all the electronics, the only thing we're going to have left to fight for us is this one cavalry unit. To be the only thing running is this one cavalry unit. But congratulations to all of them. That's really cool. And auditors, hang on. After the show, we'll have a post-show for you. Now it's your turn. All right, my I have a, a string of daily winnies because I've been I didn't get to do one on Friday. On Friday, number one, my husband drove the truck and trailer to the equine hospital and picked up my mare and drove her home and unloaded her and put her back in the correct paddock. All in one piece. What? Like that's amazing. So yeah, she was getting rebred again. So we're we're in dose number two here, and uh, so she consummated her marriage again. Uh, and so she, but she was at the clinic, and I was supposed to pick her up before my flight, but she hadn't ovulated yet. And I was like waiting, and I was like, Shut I gotta go catch my flight. You're gonna have to go get her tomorrow." So he actually did that. So I wanted to give him a well, little. He uh, graduated from Calvary School too. I know, <laughs> right? Uh, it was amazing, and then. Uh, the, of course, the vets had to send me a picture of him being there loading the. I mean, I, I don't think he loaded her, but he unloaded her when he got home. Uh, and then I've also got a daily Winnie to Sarah and Alyssa, both listeners that sent me awesome emails that I will eventually make my way to getting back to. But I just want to let you know, I, I, I just I I sent out a a, a call for non auditors to send me messages and introduce themselves to me and also auditors you guys can too and send me an email at jamie at horseradionetwork.com and uh, sarah and Alyssa did and i love seeing pictures of your ponies and i like hearing all about you and i love knowing that people listen and uh it's it's awesome so thank you for writing me next daily winnie the last one and i know i've mentioned this company several times now but it's a company called stomp stoppers and it's this family that makes these fly boots, right? And and I've t- and they're $50 for a set of four. It's a ridiculously good price and they are awesome. And I've been using them for weeks now and, and I'm really impressed with them. But if you recall, I talked about Zeus losing his Stomp Stoppers moments after wearing them <laughs> because he, he is that's that what kind he of does. Yes. That's what he does. That's what he do. He destroys things. He removes things. He can't wear bell boots. He can't wear boots unattended because he'll take them off. I mean, he's insane. So Stomp Stoppers sent me a Zeus specific pair. 
They've never made these before. They made them specifically for him. So I'm assuming that if you have one like I have, just tell them make it Zeus proof and they'll <laughs> they'll go for it. Oh my God, it took me 10 minutes to get the Velcro undone to even put it on him. So <laughs> I would like to please to report that it has now been 24 hours and they are still on. Wow. That's longer right? than scooters ever lasted with a fly mask. Yeah, no, fly mask are a joke. <laughs> you can do that. Like, like, like I said, the one guy told me one time. He goes, "You know what your horse needs on this fly mask? Nails." Yes, staples. <laughs> That's why I always said. Let's just staple it to his head. Staple it on there; it'll be fine. Yeah. So anyway, those are my collection. By the way, we don't recommend things. stapling fly masks to your horse's head no, or nailing them. <laughs> yeah, either, either one, one we don't idea. recommend. So you were over at the movement at Flag is Up Farm over the weekend, and I got to see some videos. You were posting videos and some pictures and things. How'd it go? Oh, my gosh. What? I, 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 you know, a lot of times you go and it's work and you do your thing and then you come home. I literally didn't want to leave. I had the best time. The other presenters, trailblazers, they were called, were just so awesome. Uh, so Monty was there, Monty and Debbie, of course, and Pat, they're just the most amazing people. So Monty was there. And then a guy named Marty Irby, who is with Animal Wellness, and he is a lobbyist in Washington, D.C., and the funniest guy I think I've ever talked to. And I've only ever heard him on the serious side, so I haven't heard the funny side. Oh, my God. He is very serious, and he's very yeah. good at what he does. But that dude is hilarious. Like, he's just telling me this story about, like, he got COVID. So somebody's like, you have to take ivermectin. And they sent him, like, a little bottle, you know, and 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 some needles to draw it out of the bottle. And he called them back, and he's like, "What? where do I inject it? And they were like, <laughs> put it in your mouth. <laughs> So he was like trying to figure out where to like is it IV? Is it I am? I don't want to shoot myself in the thigh, you know. Like it was. God, I wonder what would have happened if he had injected it. Right? Thank God he called. Anyway, I was laughing so hard I was dying. And then he tells like really funny celebrity stories, which I love. And and he was he was great. So that guy's. I'm pretty sure that um, Marty Irby and I are now best friends. Well, he's the one that's really fighting for that anti-soaring bill that's yes. still making its way through Congress, I think. I don't know. Well, he's he's heroic in his efforts anyway, you know, so he's just just an awesome, awesome all-around guy. Uh, and then Ashley Avis, who wrote, directed, did the entire Black Beauty movie that is on Disney+. Plus. Now, for those who listened to this show before, I really did not want to like it. And I told her this. I was like, I did not want to like it. That's I'm a right. Black That's right. You went in t preparing to hate it because it was about a Mustang and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's yeah. just, but, but what she actually did with the movie was bring it, it, the plight of the Mustang kind of to surface, but with the, and she paid homage to all the, anyway, so I came on here and I told you guys I wanted to hate it. And then I watched it and I freaking loved it. I watched it with Lucas. We're both crying. I mean, it was so wonderful. So to meet her and, and. What did she say like, when you told her you wanted to hate it? She not the first time she's heard that. I'm sure. I I I I didn't even stop talking. I didn't even give her a second. I was like, okay, <laughs> let me just tell you. I wanted to hate the movie, but oh my god, I loved it so much. It was so good. But she is the like the kindest, most gentle. Like Abby said, she hugs you just with her eyes. She just looks at you and hugs you. She's just like this unbelievably awesome, compassionate woman who 
now she's doing a documentary just about Mustangs and it is, and she showed us the trailer at, at the play. Oh my God. Amazing. This woman is just an up and coming superstar. And we talked about some other things like, uh, like Velveteen Rabbit. I was like, you have to remake the Velveteen Rabbit. Oh my God. I was like, uh. like I mean, I, we were just, I, it was just the best time. Just the best time. Well, before you go on, I wanted to mention too, if you didn't catch yesterday's show, uh, we had the Horse Illustrated episode yesterday, and we interviewed Elaine Bogan, who was the director of Spirit Untamed, the animated movie that's out now in theaters. So go listen to that. She was terrific, too, and from a little different point of view from the animated side. I just love that these women are taking these stories on, and and it is. I, I don't know much about that one, so I'll have to go listen, but... I just, I was so impressed by this organization's group of people. And then there's, there's basically sold 50 tickets and we did like a wine and cheese party and you kind of get to meet people. And I got to meet almost everybody. And it was awesome. This one woman comes up to me and she's like, okay, okay. I've now had three glasses of wine so I can talk to you. <laughs> She's like, I'm brave enough now. Anyway, so many listeners. Because you're so and tall and intimidating. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm scary. I get that all the time. <laughs> anyway, she was so sweet. Everybody was awesome. You met I, I one, just, of, I, one of my uh, journalist friends, Heather Wallace. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. I think there's something I need to talk to you about. Yeah. I think she's the one. I'm not sure because there was several journalists there, but I'm going to go with, she's the one who said to me, are you sitting down? Okay. Go ahead. She said, I, I, I love your podcast. I listen all the time. I don't understand like how you and Glenn get along so well. And I was like, Oh yeah, we've been working together a while. She's like, I know, but working with your ex-husband is just really (laughs) I was like, what? Where did that come from? She's like, weren't you married to him before? I was like, no. (laughs) Where did that come from? I don't know, but it was the theme of the weekend. Uh, Like the whole rest of the time, she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I thought you I don't know where anybody would even get that idea. I've never heard that. For those listening, if you are confused, I did not know Glenn before the show. No, no. We had never, we did. She applied, I hired her, and here we are. That's here what, we are, 10 yeah. years later. Yeah, like, no, that's, that's, I mean, we're more thing. like brother and sister now, to be honest. It's like, <laughs> I, apparently, you said that on the show on some, I don't know. And uh, yeah, I was, I heard about that, um, but it's true. It I, is true. We, tr- we pick on each other. We, you know, but we still like each other. Like, I was, I was, you could have knocked me over with a feather, Glenn. I was like, excuse me? I had never heard what that one before. Think? That's new. She's I don't, like, that, I, I don't just, think that was Heather, but. I, I don't understand. I'm going to ask her tonight. So well. She's on the Stable Scoop Roundtable tonight. I'll ask her if that was her. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like I said, there was three or four oh, journalists funny. that were there. But one of them was like, yeah, I can't believe you get a love so well to your ex-husband publicly on podcasts. I was like, who? <laughs> Never well, they chat. must be a new listener because Jennifer was on here for a long time. But she hasn't been on for a couple of years. So. And yeah. she is your current, current wife. wife. Yeah, apparently <laughs> she's my wife. current wife. <laughs> I've only had one, so <laughs> 32 yeah. years. If I had been married before that, I've been pretty young. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay, that made my day, Jamie. <laughs> So That's amazing. Funny. You get along so well. With I know. Ex-husband. God, I still pay her payments every month. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. So, on Friday, Monty and I went into the Gentling Pen and we had May, who was helping us. And 
we started to completely like unbranded Mustangs, like feral horses. Uh, and one of them was really Araby looking chestnut mare and Monty immediately fell in love with her. And he's like, I got this one. You guys take that one. And so we got this spotted pony and, um, I just, I, it was, God, that's so fun. I just love working with wild horses. It's just so fun. But to ha- you know, to work with wild horses, I would need the setup that he has, which is amazing. And it's it's really, really fun to do. And he has a very um, unique round pen situation. Yeah, it's a yeah. pen. Yeah. And uh, it's really, really fun uh, to do that. And then we did that. And then we, all, you know, it's funny because I was there to do all the things. I was going to do the mounting block lesson and show everybody that. I was going to do a long lining demonstration and show everybody that. Monty was on point. He did everything. I was there to help him, but he just kept going and kept going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It's just incredible. 86 years old. And he's like, I got this. And so God, he's like, I remember when he was on here and he turned 80. He's 86. Yes. Remember the push-up challenge he did at 80? (laughs) Yes. 80 push-ups at 80. And yeah, he didn't do push-ups anymore. He's like, I'm over it. Uh, But yeah, it was, it was amazing. And he was just so full of energy and vigor. I'm sure he's been sleeping ever since, but it was, it was awesome. So I would, Well, you know what? He's had a year without traveling and that probably did him some good actually to chill out a little. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think chill out is part of his vernacular, <laughs> but I mean, it's like, oh, I just have to stay home on my hundred acres and work a bunch of horses. Well, Pat you know? too. I mean, his wife's that, that energetic and she's, you know, up there. I mean, she's, she's still yeah. doing her thing and riding and all that. She rides every day. I mean, but not just like gets on and walks around. Like she like, rides cutting horses and rainers and stuff at, in her 80s. She's They're both amazing. <laughs> and then you see Debbie, who is a child of an 86-year-old man, you know, so I'm not going to give away her age, but it's up there, you know, she's older than you are. And um, and that makes she, her ancient by any standard. She just doesn't stop either. <laughs> they're just all this... I mean, the, the Monday morning after the movement, I was like, I got up, I was staying in the house and I'd go get ready to get my flight. And um, Debbie was down in the barn feeding. I was like, <laughs> what? What are you doing? It, it sleep in for crying out loud. No, she was in the barn at 7 a.m. I mean, it's just, they're just an amazing genetic, like the genetic component to them. I don't know. It's just the energy and the, the, the it's just awesome. They're just also cool. Cool. So it was, it was, how a did really your horse fun. turn out in the end then the one you were working with? Good. So we did two days of demonstration. So the first day we were able to get a halter on, I say we may, and I were able to get a halter and get her touched and touch her all over. And I do believe there, there's a line of people to adopt her because these horses were adoptable. It's like a little theme for me. So, um, she is a really cute little spotted pony. So uh, she's going to stay there for a couple months. And, and, and I think somebody, I'm one of our listeners, I think is really interested in her. Um, and so that the day two, I was able to take her out. And it's funny because my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law were up in Northern California and it was, they just decided to drive down and come on Saturday for the movement, which I knew about. It wasn't like a surprise. So they came and, uh, I could, so I take the horse out of the gentling chute with its halter on and they come out and they don't understand what giving to pressure. They don't understand leading. They don't understand what halters are, you know? So it's a bit of a, just teaching them to come off pressure. And this 
the pony was like rearing and turning and running. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> scared the crap out of him. <laughs> and I could just see, and I finally was like, okay, to my mother, as, as I'm like wrangling this <laughs> wild pony. Okay, my mother and father-in-law are currently sitting in the audience, and I would like you guys to know that, yes, I did have shoulder surgery a couple months ago, but this does not hurt my shoulder. <laughs> you know? so they do you were think like, they have a new respect for what you do now? You know, it's fine. I, I would imagine. Because nobody respects what we do. I mean, you know, that's just family is that way. Yeah, they well, they they uh, their eyes were just opened. I think I bet. <laughs> people they're not horse people. People that aren't around horses ever don't understand how great horses are for people, you know. And I think that the veteran component, because we got to to talk to one of the veterans who had come through the horse sense and healing and come out the other side of it as a success story, and like it was just really cool for them to kind of see why I do what I do mm. and how horses do affect people and how horses do have a, a meaning, you know, does that, does that make sense? Well, it makes sense. And, you know, they always think your family always thinks you're just playing with ponies, you know, and just yeah. uh, you, you need to get a real job. It, it doesn't yeah. <laughs> matter how big you get. They just think that, well, they still think that about us doing this show. It's like, what do you talk about? You know, yeah, but like, this is a weird, the, yeah. this, what we do. You nothing. got two weird ones in your life right there. Yeah. You're just, Job exactly. and your job. <laughs> she sits there and talks, and then she rides horses. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. She should really get a real job. <laughs> but, yeah, I want to have Ashley come on, and I want to have Marty come on, and, and uh, have these guys. We haven't talked guys. to Marty on this show in a while. Debbie's talked to him quite a bit, but I don't yes. think we've had him on in a while. I, mean, I need to get the update on what's going on with that bill anyway, so we should do that. Uh, definitely. Well, good. And, you know, I didn't, you know on, on Monday, you got my Daily Winnie. Uh, I really? just did a solo show on Monday. You got my daily Winnie, where I basically said how proud I was of you. But I did it on Monday, so you wouldn't hear and get a big head. So, um, oh yeah, that's I did it. yeah. That's well, we are very said, proud of you. You oh, thank you. You had actually said what, what what you say behind my back and in front of me <laughs> are completely different because I wanted to make a, a final report to you. Yes, and it was you said how long do you think it will be? What's the over under on Monty yelling at you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How long did that go? <laughs> let me tell you, Mister. Not one time. Wow. Yay! <laughs> That's a first yay. Her, but like. If you screw up, he will tell you very quickly because he – when you invent a concept and you watch other people screw it up, it has to be so <laughs> yeah, infuriating, right. you know? Yeah. And I didn't get uh, I didn't get talked to once. He actually complimented me and told me I did a good job. So oh, Look at that. You are improving. You got another I'm, certificate. The I, I didn't get yelled at this weekend certificate. <laughs> exactly. Write that down. Put that in your pipe and smoke, England. <laughs> Well, good job. We are very proud of you. All of us are. And everything you've accomplished. You've come a long way at 10 years. That's for damn sure. Uh, well, it was funny. There was a there was a woman that had received – the queen has given out – her majesty has given out – twice she's given out certificates to horse professionals. The first one, there was a, a group of seven, and one of the women invented or created Lead Up, which is using – Monty's concepts to affect children, uh, you know, at risk use. And so I've done a couple of those clinics and I know this lady and she was there and she gave a talk. And so they brought, they were like, okay, I would like all the people who have been recognized by the queen of England to come down and we're going to do a photo. And I looked, looked around, they were like, Jamie, come on. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> no, that's me. <laughs> I forgot. 
Everybody else is so amazing. It's like it's like we've got a Washington lobbyist. We've got a movie director. We've got a woman who lives in Guatemala and saves children. And then there's that girl from Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> That's that weird like, show she does. And, you know, Dolph Source is out. Like the other. No. It's so funny. Well, I'll tell you what isn't weird, and that is they're highlighting Western boots right now at statelinetech.com. They have some of them on sale. I did not know until I went to statelinetech.com this morning. When you go into the Western boots section, there's a freaking lot of Western boots. There's 14 pages of Western boots. How can there be that many Western boots? <laughs> there's there's lots of different makers of Western boots, but then each maker of Western boots has about 25 different designs. And I'm determined uh, determining that looking at this today, because we're more on the English side, so I've tried Western boots on, but I never found them to be all that comfortable. And everybody says, we well, have to wear them for a while, and then they're the most comfortable thing you ever do. But it's that couple of weeks or months of wearing them to, to break them in where you're feet are in pain that I just never went through. So, but there's a lot of red, white, and blue boots right now, which is fitting for the 4th of July coming up. So uh, if you're into Western boots, whether you're into short ones or tall ones or any ones, they have a wide selection of Western boots right now at statelinetech.com. When did they start decorating the bottom of the boots? Looking at all these boots, there are beautiful pictures on the bottom. And all I can think of is when I fall off, that's when you'll see them. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering that too, because I don't remember them being decorated at the bottom but like underside there's pictures and drawings of horses well, and you know the only thing i could think of i thought about the same thing we do think alike on a lot of things and one of the things was you always see western people with their feet up on something and then you see their bottoms so that's what i the only reason i could think to decorate the bottom of a boot which is just going to be covered in manure anyway i don't get it I don't either, but I mean, like I could see like John Wayne kicking back at the desk, putting his feet up, you know, like at, talking okay. to somebody, somebody out there is going to know. Please email Jamie at horseradionetwork.com and let us know why there's decorations on the bottoms of Western boots now. Somebody will know. We need to know. I, I mean, it has to be. I think like all of these boots have like very ornate pictures on the. Um, when I say bottom of the boot, you guys, I'm talking about the, the actual sole. part that you <laughs> walk on yeah. on the ground. Yeah, the sole has these. Ornate designs on them. I don't know. It's a good, good question. We need to know. Tell us, uh, tell us why there's designs on the bottom of uh, Western boots. StatelineTech.com. Well, coming up now, we're going to have our guest for the day, and they are our Equiderma guest of the week. Somebody a little different. This is one of their youth, one of their junior ambassadors, their young ambassadors. Her name is Alyssa, and I, her mother's going to be hanging around today, too. Her name is Natalie. And she adopted this horse, and she's going to talk a little bit about it because it hasn't been all rosy like some of the stories you hear about adopting horses this one hasn't been all rosy but she's hung with it i would like to welcome to the show Alyssa. she is our one of our young uh, equiderma ambassadors Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for having me i'm super excited to be here all right. Well, you're, I know your mama, Natalie, is as close at hand, so we'll keep you out of trouble. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about Dixie. Tell us about Dixie. Um, so we leased Dixie from February until June for my birthday. And then, like, she got her scratches in, like, July or August. Hold on. Let me stop you. So, so Dixie, where did Dixie come from? Um, well, she was a rescue, so we don't really know her background and stuff. Okay, so did you get her from a rescue facility? 
we didn't rescue her, but the person who owned the barn had her. But and then like she got her from the person who rescued her. Okay, gotcha. So, so we were basically looking for a lease for her and um, found a barn near us that um, kind of took her in after we were looking for a couple of horses that didn't work out for her. And then she kind of fell in love with her um, as soon as she saw a picture. Okay, so we fall in love with Dixie. And Dixie, ha, ha, Dixie is, um, do we do we know what breed she is? Is she a thoroughbred? Uh, no, she's a quarter horse. Okay, quarter horse is Dixie. She's a gorgeous chestnut with a blaze and a snip, super cute. And uh, Dixie has been a bit of a problem in certain <laughs> ways, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us some of the things that you guys have been battling, because it's kind of been one thing after another with her. Yeah, so we first started off with scratches, um, and then she got Lyme's disease, and then she had fluids in her deep digital tendon, and then she had cellulitis after that, and then she broke her splint bone, and then now she has scratches again. What is happening with this horse? Why, is she is the, the no epitome of one of the horses that just, number one, she must love the vet because obviously she really wants <laughs> to spend a lot of time with it. And how yeah. long have you had Dixie? Um, so my birthday is actually tomorrow and I got her on my birthday. So it's going to be one year. Happy birthday. Oh my gosh. Wait a minute, wait a minute, that. wait a minute. That's right. You get the birthday sounder. Now, this sounds like a um, <clears throat> mom. Mom must be freaking out. I mean, this sounds like it is a lot to, to take Lyme's disease, cellulitis, a tendon injury, is broken splint bone that also had to then be surgically removed and yeah. scratches a few times. What mm -hmm. is keeping you going with this mare? Um, I don't know. <laughs> very honest so I just I just really love her and I just don't really just I just want to keep going because maybe she's just going to come back up you know like one of those comeback stories or something and then she's just going to do great so I, I, I love your positive spirit now mm -hmm. what what is your goal with her, with Dixie well I really want to do a venting with her because she loves trail riding and she loves to jump. And I just think it's really good for her to be well-rounded and dressage and then chill jumping and cross country all together. So it says here that that's awesome, by the way, I'm an eventer and I, mm -hmm. I love every, every bit of it. It says here that you've had her 12 months and eight out of those 12 months, she's been completely unrideable. So how much yeah. practice have you guys had? Well, I'm sorry. It how, I said, how much practice have you guys been able to have? Um, so we leased Dixie from February, but that wasn't like anything. Cause like all we did was trail ride and stuff, which was super fun. And then we switched bonds. And then that's when I sort of got into more of the eventing and getting her into like the, all the dressage stuff in that. I have mm -hmm. to I have to jump in here and ask mom um I, or just tell mom mom it, they all not all of them are this expensive when you first get them I'm just 
thrown that out there. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yeah. There, the next one probably won't have anything wrong with it ever, and it'll be just fine. You, you, you won't spend any right. money on so, it whatsoever. So yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. here's the deal. Like, I feel like you guys, how, how old is Dixie? Well, she, she's 11 like me. Okay. You're both 11 years old. And the good news is I think that you've just covered the rest of her life as far as all injuries. Like you're good. Like you've made it. So from here on out, it's going to be fine. So you guys do, you love aiming for (laughs) you guys do use a lot of the Equiderma products. And I, I, first of all, let me say, uh, Alyssa and to Natalie, you guys have done a great job sticking with this mare. I mean, you know, not that there's any other option, but I think that to have such a good positive spirit about it is awesome. Um, and I wanted to ask you too, what are some of the, the Equiderma products that you guys like? Um, so that's a really tough question because I love all of their products, but I'd have to say it would probably be in between like the fly spray or the shampoo. Cause the shampoo works wonders on her scratches. Like it's so good. It makes them go away super fast. And then the fly spray it smells like really good, like so good. And it just keeps all the flies away. Like it's really awesome. That fly spray is, I think, the greatest fly spray ever invented. I actually, yeah. my basset hound gets a lot of flies on her and I spray her just to make her smell good. That's how good this fly spray is. And it's chemical <laughs> yeah, it smells free. really good. So I spray the horse and then I spray the dog. <laughs> That's the way it is. I got to tell well, you this, and for the scratches, my hackney pony has scratches too. We live in Florida. So, you know, th- we, we get mm-hmm. those. And they're, they can be troublesome. And, you know, a lot of people never had to deal with scratches, but uh, the Equiderma product is the one that really has worked uh, for, mm-hmm. for scratches. Yeah. And it, they are a problem. You know, they can get really bad. And, and uh, so I'm glad that you found Equiderma for that because that, that can be a battle. Mm-hmm. We can definitely attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, you guys are doing great. We just wanted to thank you for coming on and uh, wish you the best of luck. Alyssa, do you have any sort of or Natalie social media where people can watch you? Like, I want to I want to get back to you when you're taking Dixie into her first event. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do have a little. um Instagram page set up for her, and that's Mousy, M-A-U-S-I, underscore the equestrian. Mousy the equestrian. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. Good luck, and give Dixie a um, sugar-free cookie from us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for Bye. having me. Well, I have some Olympic news for you today. There's going to be lots of that coming up. Boyd Martin, did you see the news about Boyd in the, yes. on the venting side? It's like equestrian first world problems. One of my Olympic horses got hurt, so now I have to ride <laughs> another right. one of my Olympic horses. Yeah. So Luke was the one he was uh, supposed to take and apparently just came up with a minor injury. It wasn't anything major from what Boyd said, but they didn't feel like it would be wise to take him and make that trip. So Tesserleg is going. Uh, 14-year-old Trocaner, everybody's heard that name if you follow eventing at all. So, you know, his backup horse is Tesserleg. So, I mean, you know. We're going to go with that horse. It's nice to have a couple in the lineup. Isabel Worth, you know, dressage. 
you know, Germany. Yeah. Uh, she's 52. Before the Olympic Games, she turns 52. She's the most decorated athlete uh, in the Olympics as far as equestrian is concerned. She won her fifth team gold in 2016. She'll be there again. So, uh, she, by the way, she has four Olympic silver medals and one individual dressage gold, as well as a bunch of team medals. And uh, you can look for her just to win something again, almost guaranteed. Charlotte Dijerdam will be there, and she's competing with her horse, Mount St. John, in freestyle, replacing her horse, Vallegro, who retired after the 2016 Games. And, you know, she was part of the gold medal team in London, so uh, in London. So she's looking to repeat that, and she'll be there again, which is kind of cool. Uh, all the eventers are a little unhappy that Michael Young will be making his comeback to the Olympics, and he will be on Chipmunk. Uh, and this will be, he's looking to add to his individual eventing goals from the previous two games. And in addition to that, in 2010 and 2014, he won gold medals at the World Equestrian Games. He's pretty much won gold all along. He's the first eventing rider to hold top titles from the Olympics, World Equestrian Games, and European competitions at the same time. Basically, just won everything. Wow. Wow. Okay. Matilda Carlson from Sri Lanka is going to be there. And she was born in Sri Lanka and adopted by a Swedish couple. And she's going to become the first equestrian in any Olympic Games representing the South Asian island nation of Sri Lanka, competing as an individual jumper. She almost missed out on Tokyo after the Equestrian Federation found an error in the way the points her were tabulated for her qualifications, and they annulled her results and said she couldn't go. Well, she appealed it, and the court of arbitration said she was cleared to compete, that the points count, and she's good to go. How devastating is that? <laughs> you get that mm -hmm. far, you're the first one for your country to compete at the Olympics, and then this happens. Uh, but she won. She won in the uh, court of arbitration. There are 45 medals in total to be won, each uh, with the three disciplines offering gold, silver, and bronze for individual and teams. Three gold medals are available for an individual events and three for the team events with each member of a team receiving a medal. And remember, this year it's a little different because the teams aren't, like in dressage, the teams aren't four, and then we throw out the low score. The teams are three, and there's no scores thrown out. So it's a little more critical that everybody does well this year. So they've changed that a uh, little bit. And that was so they'd bring less horses and there'd be less infrastructure around the horse events at the, at the Olympics. It's the reason they did that. But that's my Olympic update for the day. It's coming up. You realize that it's only about a month away. And I'm, I just love the Olympics. Oh, my gosh. I just love it. I'm so excited. Well, and this year, you'll be able to watch all the equestrian stuff because they cover all of it now. You know, there's a station out there that's going to cover all of it, if not online. So it should be, uh, you should be able to catch all the Olympics you want to. But now it's time. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Well, re remember, Weird News began as a segment where I saw weird stories and I thought, well, that's weird. And I started telling you. And now it's morphed into you guys are seeing weird stories and going, I need to send this to Jamie. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. If you see a story and you read it and you go, well, it's weird. So I would like to thank Scott, Alicia, Lorene, Aaron, and Kimberly for submitting all of these stories. I'm not going to tell you who has submitted what because that's really none of my business to tell you that where these people find their news. <laughs> so 
Uh, without further ado, I'm going to tell you four stories. And again, if you ever see a story and you're like, that's weird, send it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Um, now, this is a story. We're going to head over to San Francisco. Uh, there's a California zoo, the San Francisco Zoo, and a California man went to the zoo. His name is Corey John McGilloway. He's 31 years old and he was walking around the zoo and he said, saw the Lippin family lemur forest on October in October of 2020, according to prosecutors. It can't be good if the end of the sentence says, according to prosecutors. <laughs> Apparently, he was so taken with the lemurs that he decided to do just that. Take one. <laughs> How did he steal a lemur from the enclosure? But the next morning, Maki, Maki was reported missing and investigators discovered evidence of a forced entry into his enclosure. This triggered a frantic search for the animal which zoo officials describe as highly endangered and requiring special care. Uh, they only have four ring-tailed lemurs at the zoo. Why he chose to visit with this one, we don't know. But the story's coming out because he's currently there in jury selection right now. Because that's right. They found him. So two days after the theft, a woman recorded a video of a man walking a lemur on a leash two miles off San Francisco's shore. Later that day, a five-year-old boy spotted the lemur unattended <laughs> at a playground 10 miles southwest of San Francisco. The authorities were called. The lemur was rescued and returned hungry, dehydrated, and, <clears throat> as they said, fairly agitated. <laughs> <laughs> they did find him. They arrested him. And uh, the rest is history. Do you think he, um, the lemur just beat the crap out of him and just he just left it someplace? Is that what happened? It, it, that's what it appears. You yeah. know what? This thing is not as fun as I thought. Turns out it poops and eats and <laughs> is a wild animal. So crazy. They are cute, though. I can see why he was attracted to them. They're kind of cute. Yeah, but uh, being attracted to an animal and stealing, stealing it, one. yeah, that's it. That's it. And then walking it around on a leash—that's <laughs> kind of—that's kind of brazen, right? Yep, unreal. No drugs involved in that uh, situation. No way, never. <laughs> this story is great. All right, so there's a couple um, in. We're going to have to head all the way across the globe. Um, and there's a couple that they were having a rocky time, okay? And they weren't getting along as well as they feel like they should have. We're in Ukraine. And um, Alec, I'm just going to tell you their first names. Alexander and Victoria, they, they were, they're really struggling with their relationship. And so they came up with a brilliant idea to really solidify things. They decided to handcuff each other to each other. So they handcuffs themselves to the other one. And this, Glenn, is going to pull them out of their rocky existence and get them close and save their relationship. They said it was a latch, last ditch effort to save their relationship. Who says and handcuffing yourselves is going to save a relationship? Who even thinks that's a good idea? Well, they did it on Valentine's Day, and uh, they decided to chronicle it, guess what, on social media mm. uh, and on Instagram. And they uh, they said, uh, she said, it will bring into my life new bright emotions, which I did not experience before. However. Can I just ask who stabbed who first? 
<laughs> you know, I just, nobody stabbed anybody. Okay. I'm sure everybody's fine. But it turns out after, let me, let me get the number right, 123 days of being handcuffed oh, wow. together. Really? They lasted that long? <laughs> Next to each other, they showered. Okay, next to each other. I couldn't they even do that with uh, somebody I've been married to for thirty-two years. I just not. yeah, it's just and nobody needs to be a part of that. No. Well, I have a report, a final report. Um, after one hundred and twenty-three days, they have broken up. No kidding. Big <laughs> surprise I there. I know you're shocked. I know you're shocked, but he says. Victoria wants to go back to the rhythm of her earlier life. She misses what she used to love to do, and she doesn't respond well. <laughs> she doesn't respond well to my suggestions. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh my! You know God. what? If we had done that, our marriage might have made it, Jamie. Uh, yeah, we, we should have really. We, we should have been handcuffed together. That would have done it. That would really help. <laughs> God, I hope people listen from the beginning. So. <laughs> Don't just jump in. We were never married. It was not a thing. Um, So Lee Sanderlin, poor guy. He's a loser. He says he's a loser. I'm a loser, he says. He's a journalist. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Yes, he is a loser of of fantasy football. That's right. He um, was in a group with all his friends, and this is in Mississippi, Mississippi. Uh, Brandon, Mississippi, and he had a bet with all of his friends. Whoever loses fantasy football the worst has to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House without leaving. (laughs) And every waffle you eat minuses an hour from your time. (laughs) He actually tweeted or Instagrammed the whole entire thing. This is his first one. I'm coming to you live from a Brandon, Mississippi Waffle House. I, a total loser, came in last place in my fantasy football league. And as punishment, I spent 24 hours in a Waffle House. Every waffle I eat shaves an hour off the clock. It's currently 4.07 Central. Oh, they make big waffles there, too. <laughs> they, and that is what the, the, the manager was like. This is a lot of bread. Yeah. <laughs> so he started out with two warm waffles topped with syrup and butter after he ate it, he did tweet out that uh, already my stomach is rumbling. rumbling. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> They're big waffles. <laughs> he quickly ordered two more, only to realize he had a lot more time to go. He said, tweets, four waffles down. Been here for 1.5 hours. So that means I have 18.5 to go. I am already in immense discomfort. Please, somebody launch me into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he starts chronicling all the music on the jukebox because, <laughs> you know, that's what they do at the jukebox is there. And uh, he uh, on waffle number six, he he's just staring away forlorn into the into the sky. But uh, the sixth waffle took him an hour and a half, <laughs> but he did it. He said on waffle seven. He said, my body is revolting and shutting down. Full of waffles, he tweeted, but devoid of life. Then <laughs> uh, he, carry, he just carries on and carries on. Uh, he finished his seventh waffle, seven hours left to go. And uh, with five hours left and boarding set and boredom setting in, he made a plan to order eight and nine, number eight and nine. And uh, nine waffles accounts to about 
almost 4,000 calories, oh not God. including the syrup and butter. <laughs> um, he, he got through number eight. He couldn't finish number nine. He had to wait out the rest of his time. And I doubt he will be making that bet again anytime soon. He said, the point of all of this is I saw people genuinely enjoy something on the internet. Sure. There were some nasty comments, but most people <laughs> experienced real joy. And that is something worth feeling. Yeah. Even we all if like it- to watch people in misery. <laughs> Even if it came at my arteries' expense. So he ended up spending, what, 16 hours? Somewhere like that? Something like that, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) And one more? Yep, one more. All right. We like to highlight homes for sale, right? And we'll say, you know, equestrian estates that are for sale. Well, we're going to highlight a home for sale in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Beautiful Uh, place. Yes, five-bedroom home in Broadmoor Bluff Estates, uh, and it's only $590,000, where most homes in this neighborhood are around $800,000. Uh, why, Glenn? Ask ask me why. Why is, is that, Jamie? So much cheaper. Um, the real estate, they're actually receiving a lot of cash offers. Somebody was sense. murdered. Nobody was murdered. No. no. It turns out that the person living in the home was a renter. And did not pay her bills. Mm -hmm. And they said, you've got to go. And they kicked her out. Well, they gave her an option to go back and get her stuff. So she went into the house and got her stuff. However, she did some damage. She covered every fixture, every floor covering with black spray paint completely ruined the interior of the house because she was no longer able to pay the rent. She's going to lose her deposit. (laughs) The thing is that she also left in the house a freezer full of meat and unplugged it and left. So they are selling the home for a couple hundred thousand less. She said they are only accepting offers from buyers who visit the property. They are not allowing sight unseen (laughs) offers because she says when you enter the house, you can feel the smell. (laughs) (laughs) Having Remember during Irma, the hurricane we had here, our freezer died and our chicken melted and we had to replace the whole refrigerator. So we know exactly what that smells like, and it is not good. And it permeates the house for a long time. I think you can actually find pictures of this house on Zillow, and they all the pictures. I mean, she just did did they arrest her for destruction of property or something? Um, Let's see here. It doesn't say. It's all about selling the house. It's not. uh, Well, I'm going to give her this because she is one. No question. (laughs) Man. You are one pathetic loser. Yeah. The freezer in the basement that was full of meat hasn't had electricity and it's been sitting there for over a year. Oh. I got to tell you a side story about something similar. And this is the torture that I had as a child. My mother, when she was divorced, she kind of like decided to go, you know, have a bunch of friends. She spent a weekend. She went down to Florida with some friends and they went deep sea fishing, leaving her children at home unattended. Uh, so she went down deep sea fishing and they caught hundreds of pounds of fish. Okay. Hundreds of pounds. And they put them, she had a Jeep Wrangler and a Jeep Cherokee and they, they put them in coolers in the back of her car that night at the hotel. Her car was stolen really <laughs> from the hotel. Jeez. And right after that, this was in probably 94, whatever hurricane. I guess that was. it was stolen in Florida. 
It was stolen in Florida. <laughs> and then, so she had to, you know, fly back up here, whatever. And, and her car was not found. And then a hurricane came oh, and just peppered the coast of Florida, 94, 95, maybe 95. And, uh, three months later, they found it. With, and, uh, with the ice chest still in it? Hundreds of pounds oh, of rotting fish oh, no. in the car. And and this sounds like a hilarious story <laughs> until she they totaled the car. Yeah, they no kidding. They totaled the car. And she was like, you can't total the car. I can't afford a new car. And so she was like, just give it back to me. And she worked on cleaning it. And she ended up taking it to 100 places you and getting that. it worked on and cleaned. Mm. You know what? No, you can't, Glenn. But here's what you can do. Is you can give the car to your damn kids and have them drive it to uh, school. <laughs> and my brother and I, that was our car. Oh my and god, we no wonder you're a vegetarian. <laughs> we would drive to school, and if I was driving, I would have my head out the passenger <laughs> the driver's side window. My brother would drive. And we get to school and like our clothes would smell of rotten fish. It is it's it's something that you just can't explain until you've been in there. And then God forbid in Atlanta, it gets really, really hot. And so like this summer, if you forgot to leave your windows down and you left your windows up, it was like, it started all over again. And even summer, it was like, the, they ripped out everything in that car and replaced it. And you couldn't <laughs> get rid of the smell. It was in the metal, Glenn. It was in the framework. <laughs> so anyway, there's my weird news story. So yeah, fish. Um, <laughs> no, yes, I don't eat fish. I didn't yeah. eat fish before and I certainly won't <laughs> eat it after. <laughs> I don't think I'd even, well, I don't eat fish either, but I don't think I'd eat chicken after that either. So, <laughs> like, oh, God. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's wrap up this show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. On Friday's show, we're going to have some announcements. We figured out what we're doing while Jamie's in Lexington. We're going to have a meetup there. So we'll, that'll be announced later today. And we'll talk about that on Friday morning, what we're going to do, where we're going. So all of our Lexington friends, we can all get together. So that'll be fun. And uh, hang on, auditors, for the post show. We'll chat with you for a little bit. Jamie can be found at? Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, certified Monty Roberts instructor on Facebook. You can usually just type in Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings. And you had a lot of the pictures and videos from the weekend there, right? That's, yes, so. pictures and videos. And then I got back and I went right to work with these horses that I have here and Oh, it was just the best. So check it out. Um, Stanley and Miles both got their second girths put on, and they're both two. And go see the fireworks on my Facebook page. Okay, there we go. Early fireworks. It's not July 4th yet, but Jamie has it at her house. So Can I remind everybody, because July 4th is coming up right now, while you're feeding your horses, start popping balloons. Yeah, just so now's reminder. the time to desensitize. Or in our case, we have a gun range on the property, so they don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Right. Start yeah. desensitizing them to the fireworks if they're going to have displays near you. And that's it. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you all tomorrow on the show. It's the sales and breeding episode with Kayla. And we, she actually came over and recorded that. The first person to be in my studio in a year and a half to do a show. It was fun. Awesome. Spay, neuter, geld, everybody. 